When I was training for my first marathon, my goal was to qualify for Boston. Never mind that I had just learned that you actually had to qualify to run Boston. A friend of mine from high school had just run it, and I simply assumed if she could do it, so could I. I'd found a free online training plan that targeted a 3.40 finishing time, just what I needed. I figured if I just followed the plan, I'd get the result it promised. I mean, it's like following a recipe, right? Put in the right ingredients, follow the instructions, and at the end, you get a cake. Well, if you've ever seen those reality baking shows where the beginning bakers make complete disasters of desserts, you can probably guess how my plan worked out. Now, don't get me wrong, finishing my first marathon on a cold, rainy day on a hilly course in 402 is something to be proud of, and I am. But I completely missed the mark between what I thought I could do and reality. Could I have been more realistic in my pace goal? Maybe if I had known what to expect, I could have been able to predict the future a little more clearly. Like, if my future self could have gone back and told me, look, I've seen the future, and I'm sorry, honey, you're being ridiculous. <laughs> so without the advantage of time travel, how do you even know if you're being realistic or ridiculous, especially when it's with something you've never done before? Welcome to The Planet Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and my mission is to help you improve your running, your mindset, and your life with science-backed training and plant-based nutrition. On today's episode, I'd like to explore how to create realistic race goals. We'll take a look at your training, your past races, and the pros and cons of common race equivalency calculators. And this is not just for marathoners. For shorter distances, you might even be more accurate in estimating your race day pace before race day. I'll tell you how in a minute. First, I want to share some exciting podcast news, but I'm going to save that to the end of the show. Got to tease you just a little bit. Next, I want to tell you about a new coaching program that's starting soon that I'm super excited about. If you get my weekly newsletter or follow me on Instagram, you might have already heard about it, but I still have a few spots open if you're ready to go. Starting October 3rd, 2022, I'll be coaching a team of runners in a really cool new way. You'll get a custom training schedule created by me with all your running, strength training, mental strength, and more. Plus, you'll be able to get all your training questions answered along the way. And the best part is there's no Facebook groups or Zoom calls. Final Surge, the coaching platform I use, has a dedicated place for groups, which is sort of similar to a Facebook group, where you can ask questions, share training, and build community. And it's right where you're already logging your workouts, so no getting sidetracked logging into social media. And then this is the part that I really cannot wait for. I'm going to create a private podcast just for the team. You'll get exclusive access to the weekly show where I'll take your questions, talk about where you are in your training, bring up topics that are relevant to where you are that week. So instead of suffering through another Zoom call waiting to get your questions answered, you can listen on the run knowing that your training is on track. I also will have some dedicated office hours each week just for the team 
So if you want to ask me something privately that you'd rather not share, I've got you covered. You'll get all of this for as low as $99 a month, and you have the option to go month to month if that fits your budget better. I've only got a few spots left for you to join, and I'd love to coach you. So if you're thinking about it, it's time to get off the fence. Learn more and sign up today at theplantedrunner.com slash group. That's theplantedrunner.com slash group, and I'll see you on October 3rd. The last thing you want to do when planning a race is to set yourself up for failure. Imagine being on the starting line full of anxious excitement, and about halfway through the race, the wheels fall off the wagon and you're wondering why you make such bad decisions in life. On the other side of the spectrum is being way too conservative. We naturally want to do the best we can, but after hearing so many horror stories of people blowing up in a race, we timidly run along. At the finish line, we wonder why we didn't give more. Now, I would argue that the second scenario is actually a pretty good way to run if you're just starting out. Knowing you could have done better is a great way to light the fire under you for next time. And to tell you the truth, blowing up in a race teaches you powerful lessons too. I recommend that everybody do it once, especially if you've been too conservative in the past. Once you find your limit, you'll know where it is for next time. But of course, those two extremes are not where we really want to be, right? The ultimate goal of any endurance race is to meter out your energy as efficiently as possible. We know that effort always rises with distance, so starting out at a high effort will almost always backfire. You just have nowhere to go if you start in high gear. We want to run at a pace that is at the very highest end of our current ability for the entire distance, and then collapse two steps across the finish line. I'm the type of person that prefers relying on good habits, not motivation or inspiration. I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted a simple, all-in-one routine that checked all the boxes. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've felt more energized. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water, once a day, every day. As a plant-based athlete, AG1 covers my base with high-quality ingredients with adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole-food-sourced nutrients. If you want to take ownership of your health this year, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash plantedrunner. That's drinkag1.com slash plantedrunner. Check it out. So how do you know what that pace is? If your goal is the marathon or longer, you won't be running the full distance in training. So how can you know what that mysterious pace is? You can't. I know that's not the answer you want to hear, but it's true. You don't know with absolute certainty that you can run X pace for Y distance until you actually go out and do it. But you can use some educated guesses. Let's start with the 5K. The best way to train for the 5K is to take the distance and chop it up into little pieces. 
Each week on your speed day, you run those little pieces at the pace you hope to run all 3.1 miles in with rest breaks in between. Each week, your pieces get a little longer until finally you can run them all in just one piece with no breaks on race day. After several weeks of training, you'll know if your goal pace is too aggressive when you can't get through the workout at the pace you've chosen. So you adjust that pace until you can get through the whole workout and keep increasing the length of your intervals each week. Because you can and should run the entire distance of the 5K in a single workout, you'll have a really good handle after a few weeks of what's possible. Training for a 10K or 6.2 miles is quite similar. You'll do a lot of long intervals of 10K paced work on your speed day. And if you're struggling to get through it, you'll need to adjust. Now, when we get to the half marathon, things get a little murkier. You can absolutely run longer than 13.1 miles in training before a half. Many advanced runners will run as much as 16 miles before a half in a long run. But you're not gonna chop up the half marathon into little pieces and run at half marathon pace for that long in a single workout. It's far too extreme of a workout. You'll be doing a series of workouts and long runs intended to develop how fast you can run for a half, but you'll not be running the race in training like you can for a five or 10K. Same thing for the marathon, but that's even trickier because you're not going to be running 26.2 miles at all in a single run, or at least I don't recommend it. So how do you figure out what's a realistic pace for a half or a full? The first step is being honest with yourself. Are you picking a number that's just an arbitrary round number like two hours or three hours or four hours? Don't feel bad if you are. We all do it. Just remember that those nice round numbers are sort of falsely meaningful. If you have your heart set on breaking two hours for the half and you get 201, are you really a complete failure? I certainly don't think so. So let's all acknowledge that round number goals are completely silly, yet somehow super motivating at the same time. And if you go ahead and start training like you're already fit enough to race at that silly yet motivating pace, you're highly likely to get injured. Even the best case scenario is that you train too fast, completely missing the main energy systems that you need the most in a long endurance event. This is the hardest concept that I teach. You have to train slow to run fast. Yes, you do need to work hard and run fast at times, but if you train like a sprinter for the marathon, those who train slower but smarter will pass you every time. Instead of setting your training paces off of your dream goal, look at your current fitness and your recent races. If you haven't raced recently, go sign up for the local 5K and give it all you got. <laughs> then you'll at least have some kind of baseline for what your race fitness is, even though it's a completely different distance. If you can't find a race, you can do a time trial where you just pretend you're racing all by yourself. It's definitely harder, so factor that in. Then go plug your time into a race equivalency calculator. Jack Daniels and McMillan are two good ones. This will magically tell you exactly what you will run at any other race distance. All right, no, it's not magic. And those educated guesses are probably wrong. Here's why. 
The calculators assume that you've been fully trained to run your best at whatever distance you plugged in. So if you just ran a 5K off the couch and think it will tell you what your marathon time will be in three months, yeah, that's not gonna happen. And that's probably a bad idea to begin with. Another scenario is that you could actually be really good at the 5K, but you haven't worked long enough on your endurance and you have no idea what you're doing with fueling and hydration, which are major factors in the marathon. So you'll get a completely unrealistic answer, train too hard and completely bonk mid-race. The more different the two races you're comparing are in distance, the more inaccurate the estimations are likely to be. Hopefully, if you're training for the marathon, you've at least raced a half. That is a far better piece of intel that we can use to sleuth out your mystery marathon pace. A quick and dirty rule of thumb is that your marathon pace is double your half plus 10 minutes. But of course, rules of thumb are by definition over generalizations, so that one probably isn't gonna work for you either. Hopefully, it will get you sorta close though. Again, this is also assuming that you've studied and practiced fueling and hydration for the marathon. Messing up those will limit even the most well-trained runner. Okay, so we've gathered an estimate based on some current races and some calculations. What's next? The next step is to go train and see how hard it is. Find a well-made training plan, get a coach, read a running book, and follow the plan that's tailored to your estimate. It should be challenging, but still achievable. Your speed days should be hard, but you are almost never running all out, except maybe at the end or on a few short drills. If you can't meet the paces, need extra rest breaks or extra rest days, or you're getting injured, you are definitely not ready to race at that level just yet. But if you're nailing the paces, the mileage, the volume, getting good sleep, recovery, and fuel, those are very good signs that you're on the right track. Yes, all training at times will make you tired, but you should not feel exhausted all the time. Now, if you're trying to figure out your race pace for a race that you've never done before, you can use all the fancy calculators in the world, and I've got to tell you, it's a crapshoot. I mean, is there anything in life that you can accurately predict the outcome of when you have never experienced anything like it? Not really. So give yourself a mulligan on the first one, especially the marathon. Train hard and, of course, do your best, but this should be a reconnaissance mission more than anything else. You're gathering intelligence for your future self who is absolutely going to crush it next time. You'll learn from your mistakes and remember everything you did right. No time travel necessary. And now it's time for the Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Today's topic is courage before confidence. Whenever you want to do something new or go beyond what you've done before, it's scary. What if you fail? How do you muster up the confidence when you're full of doubts? You don't. You lean into your courage. This is not fake it till you make it. This is choosing to go forward and do something challenging, even though you don't feel 100% ready and confident. Because the only way to build confidence is to do the thing, right? And the only way you can do that scary thing 
is to do it before you're confident you can. So if you're nervous before a hard run or race, gather your courage first and confidence will be your reward. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I've got two exciting podcast updates to tell you about. The first is a not so well-kept secret that I will be leaving my hosting chair at the run to the top. Most of you have listened to me for years on that show, and I deeply appreciate that. I'll be focusing all my efforts here on The Planted Runner, which leads me to my second update. I'll be starting interviews with some of the best people in running right here very soon, along with these solo episodes. So if you've loved the run to the top, you won't miss a thing, and I think you'll like it here even better, but I'm biased. <laughs> the timing of this transition has actually been incredible because the people at the run to the top are actually planning a completely new format of the show. So of course, it's a bittersweet goodbye, but ultimately a win-win for everyone. One more reminder, my new group coaching team begins October 3rd and spots are limited. Grab yours today at theplantedrunner.com slash group. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of The Planted Runner. I plan to keep these episodes ad-free for as long as I can, and I can only do that with your help. Please take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and let the world know what you think. This small act of kindness makes a huge impact, especially as the show is starting and gaining traction. If you get value from my work and want to keep this show listener supported, I have a donation option on theplantedrunner.com slash podcast. Any amount you can offer helps keep this show running, pun intended. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flojo. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionu. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network.